Welcome to the November 2021 podcast for the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. My name is Dr. Kelly Tappenden, Professor and Head of Kinesiology and Nutrition at the University of Illinois at Chicago and Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. I'm here today with Dr. Mariah Bellissimo, who is an NIH-funded T32 postdoc fellow in the Division of Cardiology, Department of Internal Medicine at Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine in Richmond, Virginia. Her paper that we'll be discussing is in the November 21 issue of JPEN entitled Plasma High Resolution Metabolomic Phenotyping of Lean Mass in a United States Adult Cohort. Uh, welcome, Dr. Melissimo. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and chat with you today. Very good. Before we dig into your paper, congrats on winning the 2021 Harry M. Bars Award. It's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was really exciting. So unexpected. I couldn't believe it when they said my name, but thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. It's a pretty high, high profile type of experience, isn't it? Going, giving a presentations of one's work at any meeting can be stressful, but particularly when you're in a competition amongst individuals who have also submitted the very best papers at the annual Congress. <laughs> That's a, a, a very high, high mark to be able to meet. And you did it. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now you are right now in Virginia, but you completed this work as part of your training with Tom Ziegler at Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta, right? Yes, that's correct. Now, I, I was really enjoyed your presentation and, and this follow-up paper. We know that there's a major impact of catabolism associated with impaired healing and increased mortality rates. Uh, it's such a big problem facing older adults in the U.S., whether it's post the COVID-19 infection, as we know now with long haulers having really high inflammation and, and um, impaired increased catabolism over a great amount of time, or even chronic diseases impacting Americans. And you want sought to understand the key metabolites impacted during this time. Tell us why that was of interest to you, and then perhaps just go over your study design for us. Sure, I'd be happy to. So we were really interested in this problem because of uh, what you just said and that we know this problem of catabolism and loss of lean mass really impairs the healing process and being able to recover from injury. So in order to help design nutrition interventions to help mitigate that, we wanted to be able to profile metabolic pathways and metabolites related to lean mass so that maybe that can inform later interventions targeting those, those identified pathways and metabolites. So the study that we used included a cohort of adults who have been extensively phenotyped. So as you mentioned, I'm no longer at Emory um, and I've switched universities now for my postdoc, but at Emory, there's this incredible cohort called the Emory Georgia Tech Center for Health Discovery and Wellbeing Cohort. This is an adult cohort of over 700 individuals who've been extensively phenotyped, including a portion of these who have baseline visits, their plasma has been analyzed for high resolution metabolomics. So we had the opportunity to use this new technology and not only look at some classic clinical biomarkers like lipids and insulin and glucose, but to try to profile metabolism using these new technologies related to lean mass. Okay, so a couple of questions. You have baseline measures on the metabolomics. 
how did you establish whether or not these people were in a state of catabolism? Did you do subsequent measures on them? There are subsequent measures in this cohort, but for this study alone, we used only the baseline measures. So as you're familiar with, there are some cut points you can use that are established to diagnose sarcopenia. For example, we utilize lean mass index as our, as our primary outcome to characterize lean mass in this cohort so that it's corrected for height. And that's just to make sure people that are taller and bigger having lean mass that would be a greater value than smaller people who are shorter. We don't have like skewed results because of that. So we use lean mass index and I did, this is actually some insight behind the paper, but I did use some cut points that are established for lean mass index to diagnose sarcopenia. And we didn't have any individuals in the cohort that fell below the cut point to diagnose sarcopenia. So this cohort does not include individuals who are in a clinically catabolic state. And that's one consideration for the paper that maybe this can be used for comparison in a later paper that does include participants who are in a catabolic condition. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, so then you looked at their lean mass index and did regression analysis or something, even though they were well within the normal range, you looked at the area within that normal range and did regression with the metabolites you considered? Yes, exactly. So as I mentioned, we use high resolution metabolomics and that is a really complicated technology. So there are some bioinformatics tools that can help us get from the data gleaned off the machines into a form of data that we can, that we can use. And the way that that data sheet looks like is that you have every single metabolite. And in this, we had a little over 5,300 metabolites and we identify them by their mass to charge ratio and their retention time and an intensity value for each participant. And then we used multiple linear regression analyses to, to find out how lean mass index is related to each one of those metabolites. And we controlled for factors like age and race and sex so that we know the relationships we're seeing are not just because someone's older or younger or um, one race or the other and, and so on. And so we use multiple linear regression analyses to identify metabolites related to lean mass. And then we used additional programs, including Panda, which is an R package and Mummy Chug, which is a Python based package to identify pathways and metabolites that were related to lean mass and give some context to our findings. Okay, uh, so tell us what metabolic pathways you felt were important. Yeah, well, so we found a handful of metabolic pathways and as you might expect and the nutrition community would expect, we found quite a few pathways related to amino acid metabolism. A few that were important to note was degradation of branch chain amino acids. We know how important branch chain amino acids are for uh, metabolism, especially in skeletal muscle. So that wasn't necessarily the most um, novel and exciting finding, but really important, we thought. And in addition to the branch chain amino acids and additional essential and non-essential amino acids, some more novel findings that were related to niacin metabolism, as well as butyrate metabolism, which has been, which as you know, very well know is a short chain fatty acid that has really recently received a lot of attention for its connection with the gut microbiome. Sure. So let's talk about these two in particular. I think that not only were they the two that were most enriched in your analyses, but 
they show a little bit of confounding effects, right? So branch chain degradation, we would expect that to be enriched because of skeletal muscle catabolism. Am I not correct there? Yep. But butyrate metabolism, does that relate to butyrate production or butyrate oxidation? Like butyrate production would be a good thing. Put that into context for me. We've got the branch chain amino acid catabolism, a negative thing. Give me some insight into this butyrate effect. Yeah. So the butyrate finding was really interesting and something that we really wanted to highlight in the paper were these novel links with butyrate metabolism, because we also found some additional links with the gut microbiome, um, including some metabolites of aromatic amino acids. This is a very new area. There's very little research linking gut microbiome to skeletal muscle. And we're kind of excited to see where it goes. It's really at this point, more hypothesis generating and saying like, Hey, this is a finding that's, that's really interesting, but we need more research to dig into this. We know that butyrate can be cytoprotective and maybe help to decrease some inflammation related to the intestines, but it also can help to be energy generating. So it may be absorbed into systemic metabolism, which is what we would expect in this paper because it was detected in the plasma, but then it can also possibly exert some metabolic functions onto distant organs. And that's what we're kind of seeing here, possibly with the link to lean mass, but this is really, it's a really, really new area of research. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in, in this field and what we can decipher kind of going forward with links between lean mass and, and the gut microbiome. Yeah. I find that really interesting. So of course, my next question is, have you looked at the composition of the gut microbiota in, in these individuals? We haven't. And that's a great question. So at this point, there isn't data available in this cohort, but that was one future direction that we kind of outlined in the paper is that you could really kind of tease out this connection a little bit more if you had a multi-omics approach to this and could bring in composition of the gut microbiome and link that with plasma metabolomics and kind of tease that apart a little bit more. Yeah. Very interesting. In your opinion, I've, I've mentioned the two big things that caught my attention. What are the next two things that you felt were particularly novel dependent variables or, or pieces of data that you found? Sure. So the other really interesting pathway that came up that was new was the link with niacin metabolism. We know that niacin is essential for body metabolism and we found niacin metabolism in the pathway enrichment analyses, but also a niacin metabolite in the module analysis. So the pathway enrichment analyses are based on enrichment of known biological pathways. So things we all study in nutritional biochemistry, as far as glycolysis and the TCA cycle and de novo fatty acid biosynthesis, things like that. So it's kind of biased to these known pathways, whereas the module analysis is independent of that. And it's just identifying interconnections between your metabolites, regardless of where they may or may not fall within a biological pathway. So we found um, niacin metabolism was enriched as well as niacin metabolites within the module analysis. And um, we thought that was really interesting and a novel finding in this cohort and in the research connecting metabolomics to lean mass. When you looked at the demographics for your cohort, uh, what were some of the major factors that were significant about them with, with the results that you obtained? 
That's a good question. So as I mentioned in our analyses, we did control for age and race and sex, um, but we really want to take that into consideration, like you mentioned, for the cohort. And if this is generalizable to populations outside of this little cohort, nice little cohort that we have in Atlanta. So in our cohort, they are predominantly middle-aged, but most of the population, over half the population is female. And uh, the majority of the cohort is Caucasian race. So those are important factors to consider just when you are generalizing these findings out to additional cohorts or populations. This is great information. As you said, I think it will lead to a lot of follow-up hypothesis-driven experiments and really increase our understanding of lean tissue loss. But what is your take-home message for practicing clinicians? That's a really good question. It's kind of difficult, as you can, you can see, metabolomics is so complex that it can be difficult to just hone it down into something. But I think, especially with this cohort, it's, it's relatively small. It's only, it's only cross-sectional. So I think it may be a little bit anticlimactic, but I think the true take-home message for, for this and clinicians is the power of metabolomics and maybe using this um, as a tool for nutritional assessment in patients and in populations. It's an objective measurement of nutritional metabolism. And so I think this study really demonstrates the utility and the benefits of that technology. Oh, very good. It certainly underscores that um, nutrition certainly is metabolism, isn't it? Yes. Um, there's all sorts of intake and behavior and all those sorts of aspects of nutrition, but the role of metabolism as it is essential to nutrition just can't be further emphasized than, than it is in your works. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. So for our readers, please do go to the November 2021 issue of JPEN and read Dr. Bellissimo's paper entitled Plasma High Resolution Metabolomic Phenotyping of Lean Mass in a United States Adult Cohort.